0: I don't. Did you? I don't know. Like, do, there. She's out there. You're the Florida version of Sex in the City, JD.
1: That's what I was smoking my cigar.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't be an asshole today. How are you? <laughs> Good. We're just waiting on Nick. He told me he's just waiting for his tea to steep.
1: Oh, how British of him.
0: <laughs> right? He's just he has a, fl- a very floral blend going on, fruity and floral.
1: Very good. <laughs> so how are things in in London?
0: Uh, wet and windy. Ah, that's the London weather, huh? It is the London weather right now. I know. It would be nice to get away from it for a little bit because it's been just so gray lately it makes you feel like you know like like there's just so little day <laughs> so little day i like, like the gloom and doom weather. So she loves it she was <laughs> she we, we, it. we were just wrapped up in blankets watching some new reality show about
1: oh how her. nice yeah. <laughs> you guys know how to live i want to stay with you yeah, it's love what you do with your friends that you do the girls night uh, game. game night. Night. Yeah. And uh and then just the two of you, how you just, you know, cuddle and watch movies.
0: <laughs> yeah. So now okay. this afternoon, we've got Nick joining us, our mm-hmm. news and entertainment guy, and he's been mm-hmm. at the Denver Film Festival for the last oh, two weeks. Geez. So he's got a bunch of yeah. movies. Uh, and I think his his tea is finally ready. So <laughs> <laughs> let's let this homo in.
1: <laughs> I should have made tea for this.
0: <laughs> I don't even I don't even have tea and I'm in and I'm born in Britain. Good one. <laughs> Hi. Hey, how are y'all doing? We're very excited Hi. about your tea. Yes,
1: yes. that's a so oh British gosh, of I... you.
2: Thank you for um your patience. It took so long and I filled it too high and I was like carefully trying to bring it into the bathroom here without spilling it. Like I come on, there. hurry
0: up, hurry up. My <laughs> wife would go nuts over that. Like it sounds very fruity and florally and and um yeah. Yeah.
1: She what would... kind of tea? What what's the tea you have today?
2: It's a mix of two different blends from Harney & Sons. Um, one's uh, Capri and the other is a Fruits to All Sauce. And wow. they're, they're like really fruity, just like Denise was saying, and it smells amazing. Uh,
0: it's amazing. We um will buy an orange and I have to eat the inside and then Gemma will chop the orange peel up into these nice wow. strips. And then put them in the, in the air in the um cupboard where the boiler is, and they it they dry out from the from the heat in there. Oh, and then put them in a little baggie and she'll put them in her in her tea. And it's like, you know, like it's just yeah, apparently it makes a huge difference. And then we stumbled on to um and JD, your your cousin AJ just found this over in the States and he's addicted too. But <laughs> Yorkshire makes this. Tea, this tea, it's a, the biscuit blend, and uh-huh. it tastes like tea that somebody has dunked biscuits in.
1: Oh, nice! Again. Like, i think I can get addicted to that?
0: Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a tea drinker, and I will drink that in a heartbeat. Like it's so even when it gets cold, it's just like a I don't even know. It's 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 so good. So wow. yeah, I, I see that he's Yorkshire. Yorkshire? We can get it here, or did he? Get apparently i don't know where he's getting it from but yeah Find know and when i was in boston when we were doing this cruise thing and we were in boston for the day we went to quincy markets which is this massive massive hall and it's just rows and rows and rows and rows of stalls and food and souvenirs and trinkets and t-shirts and gifts and more food and there was ah. there was one stall that ha- we thought that we were like, you know, we had these great Yorkshire teas over here and nobody else could get them, you know? <laughs> and one of them is called Toast and Jam. And that's oh. exactly like tea that you're having with toast and jam. It's, wow. it's crazy. <laughs> like, I don't know how they do it, but it's so perfect. And we're walking through these stalls in Boston and there's this one that has all the different teas. It's got the biscuit tea, it's got the toast and jam. And we're like, <laughs> <laughs> what what so yeah they must be available somewhere in the states like i seriously don't think people are paying an import tax for you know different blends of tea. <laughs> I am for that they probably been, you know uh, they do have that one sh- that one shitty little section in public yes yes the, the shitty little section national, <laughs> <laughs> where it sells literally soy sauce and british biscuits
1: right right (laughs) i went to a a new place called um it is in oh where was it it's in pompano called uh the soulful steep and they have all these different uh, it's a hippie as you can imagine from the name it's a hippie vibe and they have all these teas and then you you know you pick your tea and if you don't know what you want they kind of help you figure out what it is that you want no,
0: yeah, based on birthday, I did that. I booked them into I booked their like two visit two seats at a at a tea seminar, basically uh-huh. at, like a tea shop in Soho. Um, yeah, and her and Katie went because I'm not a tea drinker; it would just be so lost on me, you know. But <laughs> those two, yeah. So they went and had an afternoon of all different teas, like especially because they I think they really focus on the international blends, like the yeah because you know like chai is is huge over here and um Gemma's friend um I don't know what I think I, I can't remember whether she's Sikh or Hindu or I don't know but she taught her how to make chai tea so she makes it at home and I am telling you the whole house smells <laughs> good. and it's it's amazing it's just it's it's a lot of different spices and you think oh how's this gonna work you know like how do you even know but right exactly it is incredible and even with the biscuit tea she will put like two slices of real thin um raw ginger root in oh. the tea and then it tastes like a ginger cookie is in oh wow it's like a ginger snap tea oh my god <laughs> that
2: really.
1: sounds you've inspired us you've inspired is- us Nick, with your tea today <laughs>
2: <laughs> you know, right? I need to try these teas. That sounds
0: great. <laughs> oh, my god! So, all right. So we're all having a tea, uh, <laughs> but I know JD that you have someplace to go, and uh, and I had volcano burritos for lunch. So we've probably oh. uh, we've probably got uh, forty five minutes to an hour before this goes
1: <laughs> I am going. I'll tell you this quick because we have to talk to Nick tonight. I am going to the Golden Girls pop-up restaurant in restaurant. Miami.
2: Yes. Heard oh wow. Of it?
1: Yeah, it's the Golden Girls experience. And I believe they have actors, you know, playing actresses playing their parts. They and uh, they have the sets Some certain parts of their sets in their house and there's a menu and of course it'll be
0: so case. fun. Maybe? Yeah, it's gonna be fun. I think uh remember when we had Frank Frank DeCaro on the show. So his husband Jim wrote Golden Girls Forever. Book. Oh, oh, really? Searched it for like a year and a half prior to even writing it, and Mm -hmm. interviewed people that were involved with the show, and you know, producers and writers, and and all that kind of stuff. And they then went on a Golden Girls cruise, and they like had so many pictures. And then they were going to all the different pop up Golden Girl. He was getting it. He was on like Good Morning America too, Jim. Um, about the book and everything but they so they get invited to all these little pop-up places and I think that they um might have been to the to the Miami one but yeah they look Mm -hmm. amazing it reminds me so much of like the Friends experience that they have
1: yes it's the same company it's called
0: Bucket List
1: and they have different shows
0: yeah Gemma did the Friends one
1: too
0: oh yeah that'll be good so we'll give you enough time to get down there and relax and (laughs) find parking <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so, uh Nick I was telling JD that you've spent like the last 2 weeks uh knee deep in the Denver Film Festival. Yes. Um, yeah. And I know I cuz I before I and I just want to say this loudly and proudly before I deactivated my Twitter account it is, it is like <laughs> a test pool of anti-Semitic garbage and misinformation. Yeah. I had to. I had to. I just couldn't couldn't justify having it anymore. It's so hateful, you know. Um, but before I did that, I saw a lot of your posts about the different, you know, movies that you were either going to see or have just seen. So I thought, yeah, we gotta, we gotta have you back and we gotta talk about your favorites. And I know you were excited about some directors that were gonna be making appearances. So, yeah. we were able to get the full film festival. This wasn't a gay film yes. festival, was it?
2: It wasn't. It had a good selection of queer films, but it um, covers a wide range of different types of films.
0: I was going to ask you Saltburn?
2: Saltburn. It, it wasn't at the Denver Film Festival because it it's releasing yeah. too soon. Yeah. But, um, it's coming out. It came out yesterday here in the States. So okay.
0: all right. So that's on your list?
2: It is. I am seeing it next weekend. I cannot wait. I've heard it's crazy heard and
1: yeah. I what's, love it it. what's it
0: called? Saltburn.
1: Saltburn. Oh.
0: All one Not word. It's, movie the, it's the and council, movie? right? That's the name of the I don't even know. But it's very um old timey and uh oh. <laughs> old timey um yeah i've seen a couple of different clips and and things um so <laughs> just, i'm going to look it up you know, is re- she's she's upstairs wrapping christmas presents
1: <laughs> oh look at you guys <laughs> ahead of the curve
0: i know yeah.
2: it's so not good. even december
1: yet
0: <laughs> i know but you know uh i don't know if you guys if i ever told you this before but we only get paid once a month here
2: mm. oh.
0: So you kind of have to budget and do um, a little bit of Christmas shopping starting literally in October and get a few things. And then with your November, get a few things. Um, and then while I'm in Florida, I will probably get a few things. And God help me, man. If I hit at the casino, <laughs> that's when I go really crazy. <laughs> Everybody to the Apple store. Um <laughs> But uh, I, you know, we'll see. But if not, I got to I can't be
2: imagine getting paid just once a month. Like I, you know, we get paid really twice a month here mostly. And that. it, and that's like difficult enough as it is. So I can't imagine only getting paid once. How do you budget that?
0: It's brutal. It's absolutely uh-huh. brutal. I mean, you, I don't know. I think everybody has their bank set up, you know, like the online banking for direct debits. Everything is literally direct debits. So all your big stuff, you know. But yeah, it's it's very um, it it does it makes planning these things like intense, especially holidays or when you do have to drop a uh, you know a a big you know you get a big hit of something. It's just like wow. Um, oh yeah, especially yeah. at holidays. Right. So I am trying to be a little bit smarter and just do little bits, you know, all the time. So I'm you know collecting now. I'm just like getting all the little things ready and so is she so yeah that's that's uh what we're doing but anyways let's talk about what you did see and what you did like and if you have any scoop on a crap one that would be fun <laughs>
2: <laughs> well i am happy to share that all the films i saw i saw 11 films in total at the denver film festival it was originally going to be 16 but i had to cut some down because Not enough hours in the day. (laughs) Not enough hours in the day with everything else. And all the films I saw were incredible, you know, really great films. Um, The queer films were just really interesting, you know, just very compelling, different types of stories. Um, I'd love to share some of them. Yeah. so the the director that i was really excited that was going to be at the denver film festival was andrew haig and he is a british filmmaker he directed 45 years and um this queer classic like modern classic called weekend and he's done a lot of queer films since then And um, his new film that I got to see was All of Us Strangers that stars Andrew Scott and Paul Mescal, And it was so good, you know, the performances, especially Andrew Scott, just the way that he is able to, um, how he's able to convey his emotional vulnerability when he comes face to face with his parents again, because the plot of it, is he lost his parents when he was younger and um, you know he never came out to them they don't know really anything about his life and then when he goes back to his childhood home he finds them and they're back from the dead you know and he's able to have those conversations and those moments that he missed out on and it was really beautiful a really beautiful story
0: interesting concept concept yeah. like you know I will forever wonder what my dad would have thought of my life
2: you know yeah, yeah. The day when I was like
0: um just turned 19 and I hadn't you know come out yet so I I I often wonder that like would it have brought us closer would it you know would he be okay with it because I don't really have much contact with his side of the family so I can't even gauge um you know after he passed away i don't know it just felt like like they just fell off the map um yeah, yeah so it's super strange but that is such an amazing concept to uh to write about like i i'm i'm awesome. loving that. yeah and i have seen um a little bit of advertisement for that because i do i love that guy since fleabag you know yes like, hot priest right Not hot priest, priest.
2: Yes. <laughs> it,
0: So yeah, I um yeah doesn't
1: love a good movie with a
0: hot priest, right? Yes. Fleabag was insane. I don't know if you guys um I love
2: fleabag.
0: I love uh, that show. Uh Phoebe Waller Bridge. And she was the one who created Killing Eve and a couple other things. She is just an absolutely amazing writer. And it was all based on a one-woman play. And then it became, you know, six episodes and then two seasons and yeah, it was it was really really good. Even little tiny bits of that, like Olivia Coleman being in it, and Hot Priest was amazing, and it was just <laughs> really really good. So um, g- good to know. So I will put that one on the list because I know it's going to start making the rounds now, where it'll be a little more accessible. That's the hard part about these um, these uh, movies is that sometimes they're only accessible at film festivals until. Film festival season is over, they found distribution or they're going to be on streamers. And so
2: mm-hmm.
0: we'll keep our, our um, eyes peeled for that one.
2: Next. I know it's, it's <laughs> amazing because, you know, some of the films that I saw at the Denver Film Festival premiered in January of this year at Sundance. Wow. And we're just now being able awesome. to see it. And All of wow. Us Strangers, it comes out in theaters here in the states in december but i don't know when it's going to be over in the uk so it's it's crazy how long we have to wait for these i films. know
0: it is it is nuts because you see uh so many flickers and read so many articles and yes. you're just waiting to have access to them so missing out <laughs> God, yeah like everybody's talking about them because they went to the toronto film festival i'm like, <laughs> gonna get to that you know so yeah i i I feel your pain in that respect (laughs) so true
2: but what was really really cool about the screening is andrew haig was in there there in person and he introduced the film before we got to see it and afterwards he gave um a post q a and discussed the film and you know um it was adapted from a japanese novel it didn't have any queer themes in it because that wasn't the focus of the book, but he adapted it, Andrew Haig adapted it, to tell a very personal story. His um, his parents are still alive. But um, you know, it's something that, like you were saying, Denise, everyone who is queer can relate to, of looking for that cathartic experience with their parents. And it was really cool he shared that. It was um, a lot of fun to see him. I'm hoping to interview him. I actually reached out to his management because I was supposed to interview him at the film festival and yeah. um, it, it fell through. You know, I found out that there was less time available. And then when I was actually there, he was perfectly available. So I was like, I don't know what that is about, but I am not missing that opportunity. And keep I keep reached it, out.
0: Right? Keep chasing, as they say. Over chasing yeah down. i'm right now in the process of chasing down jay arnold who did um shoulder dance and oh. we keep missing each other by you know like i'm sure because it just it just started streaming november 14th right so he's getting a shit ton of email and he, you know like i'll hit him up on threads and he'll be like i got eight more emails to go but i see yours in my box you know and then, by <laughs> time he gets to it. The date that I proposed is passed, so we keep oh. missing each other. But we're gonna shoot for sometime next week. Fingers crossed. <laughs> but I is know. Is that for show? It's-
1: for our show?
0: Yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah, definitely. So I feel you. I feel you there. It's just a big hunt. It's just a big chase down. Come on, get it down. It
2: is. Um, and then there were two more films that the filmmakers were really involved at the Denver Film Festival. And I know it's so cool to have these people, you know, come from, you know, across the pond and, you know, around the country to be here and discuss film. One of the films that was um, made a lot of headlines and had a lot of buzz is this new film coming out called The People's Joker. I don't know if either of you have heard of it. It is very like under the radar at this point. It's
0: um, like we're getting firsthand in scoop here. (laughs) Yes, it
2: is this um, origin story um, created by this writer director who stars in it. Her name's Vera Drew and she is a trans filmmaker and she decided to rework the joker mythology from batman and everything into, into like a coming of age you know finding your identity kind of story with a trans female comic wanting to create their own comedy club while dealing with Batman, who's a fascist in this world, which, you know, I love that. <laughs> and, you know, just all these queer themes they make fun of, like SNL and Lauren Michaels. They have um, oh Maria Bamford, Maria Bamford um, voicing Lauren Michaels in the film.
1: Oh and my God. Oh. It's, it's
2: so funny. It was the funniest film, and it, it involves different types of animation, different filmmaking styles. Um, and it was just so impressive that this woman was writing, directing, producing, and starring in this film and dealing with um all this backlash because I'm sure both of you can imagine yeah. how you know comic book like comic book fanboys and people like that would feel about this story being told in that way. And yeah.
0: bless their perseverance, you know? Wow.
2: Yeah. And she also received a cease and desist from Warner Brothers. Oh. They said that she was um, copyright and oh, yeah. I was just
1: wondering that. I was just going to ask you that. Like, Wow. Just yeah.
0: that. She just blew through that then, huh?
2: She did because um, she's like, no, it's fair use. It's a parody. And um, she had to pull it from TIFF Yeah, from Toronto. And um, it was like less than 24 hours before they were going to premiere the film. And she got that letter from Warner Brothers and she just had to like take a step back and figure out what to do. And she missed out on that opportunity. And I'm just, I'm so glad that she's like pushing forward. And she was there at the Denver Film Festival. She introduced the film when um, we got to see it. Yeah. And she was just discussing the entire experience, you know, it was just like um, the experience with Andrew Haig. And it was just such, you know, a rewarding experience to be able to, you know, interact with these filmmakers yeah. and have that kind of access.
0: Awesome. I love the, the buzz that a film festival creates mm-hmm. when it comes to town, you know, like, Jay, I don't know if you've ever been, but I remember in uh Fort Lauderdale we would go you know um we'd get invited to Cinema Paradiso to see oh. a films and it was it's just it it you know and you knew that there were other art houses and other little theaters right. that were right you know showing different movies and it like you would you know right. go see one you know and see if you had enough time to go catch another one you know <laughs> down the street at a different place and it was just right, right. such an excitement and a buzz and it's um i don't know i i don't know i think every town is better off for having one you know whether it's a tiny local or a big one oh, yeah. like denver's pretty big toronto's huge la of course you know but um yeah i just i just love the buzz it creates in 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 the city that it's in it's it's so cool like and you had 2 weeks yeah. of it right
2: yeah it was um from the 3rd through the 12th so yeah about 2 weeks it was
1: were the people um, uh, accessible, like the, uh, the the filmmakers, were they approachable? Could you go up and talk with them or were they kind of like movie stars that you couldn't get
0: near? Well, they usually oh, just yeah. sit on stage and do a Q&A, right?
2: Well, um, I will have to say they were very approachable because um, there was a pre-celebration before Andrew Hayes um, filming and um you know he was talking to people he was having conversations with people you know uh-huh. just very open to talking and yeah after the q a with vera drew after the people's joker she um waited out at um the lobby in the C film center and she, you know there's just a line of everyone in the audience so waiting cool. to speak with her and she you oh, know wow. she was so excited to talk to them
0: that's great. That's great yeah great i like the uh, diversity in these in these yeah films you know you go from one that's you know uh, super heavy one that's you know fantastical if you will you know like that's i I like that i like that kind of of diversity you know you never you know Mm -hmm. just don't know it's the excitement of sitting in that seat and not really knowing what to expect
2: yeah i completely agree and that's what i loved about all of these queer films is they covered so many different topics and themes and told in so many different ways um there was this film a british film called femme that i saw and it stars um george mckay from pride and um 1917 as well as um this actor i have to look him up because he has three names and i forget his oh. exact name.
0: everybody loves a double barrel
2: <laughs> yes okay so um His name is Nathan Stewart Jarrett, and he is well known from um, the Candyman remake. He played um, the gay brother of one of the characters in the film, and um, he was also in a few other things, of course. But what the film covers is um, Nathan Stewart Jarrett, he plays a drag queen, an openly gay man, and... um, he stands up for himself when George McKay's character um, starts to antagonize him for being in drag. And so um, once he does that, then he gets beat up. And it's it completely threatens, you know, his sense of safety and feeling secure in his own identity. He stops doing drag. And then he runs into George McKay at this um, men's spa and realizes that he's closeted. And it's this thrilling cat and mouse kind of erotic thriller of them entering in this sexual relationship and him coming to terms with what does this mean to be with someone who abused me and whatnot? You know, it was just so compelling to watch.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. That's That's an interesting uh, story line. Um, yeah sounds good that's was that was that really good was that one of your one of the better ones
2: yes I definitely enjoyed it it was a very compelling revenge thriller and what was that one called Nick it's called Femme,
0: Femme okay Femme. awesome
1: and where are these films like are they to the festival is so they get uh maybe chosen to get into the big screen is that is that what the festivals Part of it is you put your movie out there and hope it gets picked up to get aired on a. Yeah, usually looking for distribution, I guess, right? It's, yeah, yeah. 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 I and like go- a lot of the.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. At a lot of like the big film festivals, they're looking for um, distribution, and so that's that's why they're showing there. But you know, I think it's great, um, specifically for the Denver Film Festival. They're not really looking for that. You know, it's more about being able to share all of these different films yeah. with um, the Denver community, but also they highlight a lot of local films as well. So it really shines a spotlight on yeah. a lot of the filmmakers here that you know wouldn't get the opportunity at larger film festivals.
1: That's, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really- awesome. That must've yeah. been a great experience.
2: It was. The last film that I have to mention that I'm really excited because I'm planning on interviewing the director for this film also. Um, it's the new Japanese film Monster by Hirokazu Koreeda, who is a master of filmmaking, a great director from Japan. He um, was nominated for um, his film Shoplifters in 2018, uh, just an incredible film. His films focus on very human themes they're very humanist sensitive films um and monster is his first film since his debut feature almost 30 years ago where he adapted it from someone else's screenplay and a completely different narrative structure because it follows this mother who is concerned about her young son acting up and getting into trouble and When she goes to investigate, she's met with just this weird response from the school and the teacher at the center of it. And so it's told from her perspective for the first third of the film. And then it shifts perspective to the teacher for the second part of the film. Mm
0: -hmm. And
2: it goes through the same events um, through his eyes and the different things that he experienced. And then the third part is finally told from the perspective of the boy and his friend, at the center of um, all the drama. And it's it turns into this examination of this really gentle friendship between these two boys. And um, one of the boys is clearly queer coded, he wears more like effeminate and androgynous clothing and he's more effeminate in how he acts. And so he's picked on a lot. And so the son of the mother of the first part, you know, he has a crush on this boy, basically, you know, and, you know, they develop this really sweet friendship, you know, that's built on this really like, childlike love you know that happens between children you know and it's really interesting because you know it's a queer story but it's about kids and you know it takes away some of the adult elements from the story to make it this very universal and you know human story and it was just it was such a great film to watch you know I definitely recommend that it sounds adorable
0: I um did you ever? I think it's Disney. Uh, I, we were looking at some LGBTQ series and movies and stuff like that, and there was one that came up called Little Princesses with the little. I, I haven't
2: heard of it. That's on Disney.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and it is about like a little, a a very young, you know, uh, Asian. I don't know Chinese or Japanese because I haven't really watched it yet, but I have it on my on my watch list. And the trailer for it, he's just dancing around in a tutu and he's just so, and you can see like the concern on his dad's face, you know, and his his mom looks completely enamored with it, you know. With <laughs> so yeah, I really want to get into that because, you know, like you hit on that, Nick, about Japanese filmmaking, it's so much, it captures so yeah. much in such um, a unique way, you know, like it's, it's, it's not, it's just through all the elements coming together and trusting the viewer to experience what you want them to, you know, whereas we're a little more forthcoming, you know, with our Mm -hmm. American made pictures, you know, you know, like shove themes down your throat, (laughs) do things with a look. And, you know, it's so, I love the subtleties of of it, you know, and I am I'm, I'm really I'm looking forward to watching that one. Like I I keep keep forgetting it's there, you know, because it'll bring <laughs> you to what you were last watching. So I keep forgetting to go look under what I have marked. So yeah, and that's gonna be a good one. But good, that's a another that sounds like another banger.
2: I'm gonna yeah. have to check that out. Um, Because I am loving Japanese cinema, you know, just throughout history and lately I've been really enjoying different Japanese films and, you know, it's funny you bring that up because that, you know, that simplicity, that nuance, you know, that is so present in the other Japanese films that I saw at the Denver Film Festival, I saw two other Japanese films there. That were just incredible. Um, one is a new Wim Wenders film, and he's not Japanese, but it's set in Japan, and it's called Perfect Days. Just you know, a beautiful story about finding happiness and beauty and simplicity. You know, it's a about this man who um, is a toilet cleaner, a public toilet cleaner in Japan. And the toilet, like the restrooms, the public restrooms in Japan, like in the parks, they look so cool, by the way. Like you have to look these bathrooms (laughs) up, like, you know, the architecture and style and some of the features, so cool. But um, regardless of that, you know, That's not a
0: weird thing over here, by the way. I just want you to know that there's like literally a page devoted to bathrooms in London. Really? Yeah. Yeah, oh. like there's uh, <laughs> like people talk about uh, the bathrooms in the in the shard, um, you know because they're like these round little pods, you know, so you go into this this bath. So you have privacy. Privacy, even though they're all in a row and they look like eggs, you know. But
1: <laughs> are they clean? Is yeah. it the whole thing
0: about them being clean? It's uh, about them being unique. Hmm. So. Huh. so yeah, it's
2: not a weird I really thing. They have something but... like that for Tokyo or something. Yeah, they must. <laughs> but it was it was just such a great um story and so I definitely recommend that as well. And then um the other Japanese film I saw was from um the Best International Feature Oscar winner, um Drive My Car, that director. Yes, yeah. He has a new movie coming out called Evil Does Not Exist. And that one was another, you know, very simple, but, um, you know, kind of abstract kind of film where you really question what's going to happen because the ending is totally unexpected. It's about um, this village in um, Japan. That becomes really popular with glamping tourists. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, it's this peaceful, you know, really connected community that really cares about their land and their people. And then there's this company that comes in that doesn't care about their community at all, that wants to completely change, you know, monetize, right? yeah, Yeah. And monetize it and destroy the community. And, um, you know, it's really interesting to see how evil ex- is explored, just how um, the film I mentioned, monster, how monster, the meaning of that, is explored, the different meanings. And it's the same with evil does not exist and how the plot progresses and what happens by the end of the film. It it just shocks you, but when you think about it, you know, it's, it's very interesting and it's a great follow-up to Drive My Car, so.
0: Oh, cool. That's that sounds the, really good. Yeah, that's one of the things that I think I've noticed that my common thread in things that I like, like any favorite series of mine, like Shit's Creek and Ted Lasso, and yeah, it's because of the characters' progression from the first two or three episodes to the the final. Mm -hmm. of the you know when you go back and look at how subtly that character has changed into what you have now in the final couple episodes Mm -hmm. it's that's Mm -hmm. like masterpiece work in Schitt's Creek and in Ted Lasso you know like not so much with Ted but in um Nate and in uh, Rebecca and and uh, Keely and so those characters and the same thing with Shit's Creek like David and Alexis and and um, and Johnny like they're their primary characters they're those changes like that's the thing that to me makes such a brilliant series and and if a movie wow. can capture that in just ninety minutes or oh. one hundred and twenty minutes or whatever like that is art like that is that's what right. makes it phenomenal so yeah i i think stop it i can't scratch <laughs> the bar that's part of to me like what i look for in something if i'm moved by that you know then yeah. i i feel like it's it's really good work it puts it on my my favorites list immediately yeah, yeah. It's, it's really good
2: very impressive when that happens
0: yeah it's such a credit to the writers, but and to the actors, you know, that do it so subtly that you don't notice it. You're not really, I wish I could film this right now. It's happening. My cat just jumped like six feet in the air.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: I've never seen her little springs work like that. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> oh she could have went from floor to top of fridge
1: that was a <laughs> oh wow that's quite it. a leap
0: <laughs> I don't even know what made her do it there's absolutely nothing there <sighs>
1: that's quite it, a
0: leap that's impressive it, it, oh there's about okay there, there's some kind of weird that's little, why okay <laughs>
1: <laughs> what I've been finding Nick like as I watch movies new ones and then maybe some that are not so new but I haven't seen them yet um there's so many times that movies like the newer movies, uh, don't have a definitive, like clear ending. Like they leave it up to you to try to figure out what the ending is. And, you know, even if you go back to, um, ah, what was that movie with Richard Gere and Diane? Uh, what's her name? Oh, I can't think of her name where they were having the affair. He he had Diane Lane, she had the affair with the French guy.
2: Yeah. And, oh, yeah, uh, I and then they
1: leave you with the ending that he's in front of the gas, in front of the uh, police station, and you don't know. Does he turn into the police station and turn himself in? Did he decide to go to Mexico? Like so many movies are like that. Did you find the movies that you were seeing? Do they have clear endings as to what and how the story ended?
2: no definitely not i think that what you brought up really you know encapsulates some of the films that i saw like evil does not exist you know the ending was so sudden and so unexpected that you know it really had you questioning what was going to happen next you know there wasn't resolution in the film and you know femme that i mentioned it ends in such a, a violent way but you know there's no resolution at the end of that film either and so it you really do question what's going to happen to these mm-hmm. characters at the end of these films because you're right you know it's like they don't end
1: do you think that they do that to make it uh just make you think or do you think they do that because maybe there's a part two they want to leave themselves open for a part two or do you think I mean, is, do you, do you think that's art, or do you, I? I sometimes yeah. I feel like I watched two hours of my life just went to the movie, <laughs> and I don't know what the end of the story was. I don't want to have to work I
0: for always that. Always wonder, you know? like, do they want you? Have they manipulated you to the point of <laughs> feeling a certain way that they that that they want you to feel? Or do they trust you enough to understand? <laughs> what they want for those characters. <laughs> you want for those characters?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I mean, is or is it just like they just didn't know how to end it? So they just figured, oh, we'll just let people think we're leaving it up to them.
0: But we don't oh, really know thought. how to end this. <laughs> <laughs> I never think but, that. I do think that they, yeah, there's always a reason behind it. And that's the beauty of having the directors there to be able to talk
1: Right. Um, yeah. about
0: their process you know yep. because that's you don't know not many people get that privilege you know <laughs> no you know, it's you know, true you
2: know now there I will say that there was a major reveal at the end of all of Us strangers that um I feel like could be confusing to audiences and we didn't bring it up at all during the Q&A it was never discussed and so that was one thing where you know just like that Um, leaving open-ended, things like that, I don't know. I'm still really curious what some of the thought process was behind those choices, so.
0: That's, yeah, that's so, it's, yeah, it's it's so interesting. We just. (laughs) think.
2: It really does make you think.
0: Yeah, it does. I think that is
2: their point, you know, I think so.
0: Just within the last, like, say, 15 years or so, it went from, you know, movies having, you know, a beginning, a middle, and an end that we were all used to, you know. Um, uh, we all knew exactly how to feel throughout the movie <laughs> and at the end and when we walked out, whether it was good, bad, or ugly, because I <laughs> right. there, there were movies that I walked out of, like I walked out of Beaches cr- uh, Crying Mess. I walked out of Boys Don't Cry and threw up, you know, mm. you know, like yeah. there were, they're just uh you know they but you knew that that was normal you were feeling exactly the way you were supposed to feel
1: exactly and right then
0: something right. happened <laughs> where movies became so artsy and yes, you know there was exactly. so much uh artistic freedom and artistic license being taken that you do walk out of a movie feeling like you just got hit in the back of the head with a frying pan yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. like Like, uh, did I black out in the last 15 minutes? Did that? That is kind of
1: a newer concept, right? Like, in the last, I mean, I know that that other movie with Richard Gere and Diane Lane is not, is what is that? That's got to be 20 years old or, or if it's a day. But, um, but, uh, but like, I think it is like a newer. The newer ones, you never find anything with an ending. I've yet to find, like, the later movies. Now I'm not surprised anymore when they don't have an ending. I like like the ending. I want to leave knowing I'm feeling the way they meant me to feel. And that's it.
0: (laughs) I think that was one of the reasons why Barbie was so successful then, you know? (laughs) Like, we all walked out of there knowing exactly how to feel. (laughs) Exactly what, you know. And look at the money that's made and, and and brought in. It is the ones with the, you know, with the open-ended, you know, you believe what you want to believe concept, you know, right, um, right. yeah, that you feel a little less happy about spending your money, <laughs> <to> <laughs> you know, like I didn't want to come here and have to piece <laughs> the together myself.
1: Right, right, I exactly.
0: I wanted it spoon-fed to me. Um, <laughs> But I do think that that's part of the big vastness, you know, of movie making, you know, there's, there's just so many avenues now, you know, and, and because of streaming services, you know, more ways to see things. So those of us that may not want to go out to a movie theater and worry about being let down, I don't care if I, you know, if that happens in my own house, because I'm just going to (laughs)
1: venture (laughs) out.
2: So I I think it's so funny that you, that you mentioned that, because, you know, I, I feel kind of the opposite in a way, you know, it's like, I've been really enjoying the more experimental type of narratives, you know, because Mm -hmm. um, two films that I just saw recently, I saw the new DC like superhero film, Blue Beetle, earlier today.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: And I saw the Netflix film, um, the biopic, that's based off of Bayard Rustin's life and his work. um, I keep seeing that. Yeah. 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 And um, both of those movies are very much by the book, formulaic films, like, you know, the Bayard Rustin film, Rustin. Um, Great commanding performance from coleman domingo but the film was just so expected you know besides biopics you know you understand the history that's going to happen you know mm-hmm. so you know what's happening in the film but you know there were just no risks taken you know it was just the same formula and those are people like us those are people like
0: you understand no, that because you're the younger generation with the open expanded mind (laughs) we're the ones that are like just want a beginning middle end if i have a little snicker yeah that's okay but i need my ending yeah
2: (laughs) well you know i think that's that's my problem with the film is that you know i felt like the film was made for such a broad audience that it forsake what was special about the man that the film was about you know it's like he deserved so much more you know he deserved a richer story to be told about his life and um that that was my main complaint you know and I I really do get excited when we break away from the formula but sometimes you know I I totally agree like you know there's like those Court procedural type films, like the legal thrillers and stuff like yeah. that, They're very much the same formula. Oh my gosh, I can watch those nonstop. You like know,
0: if you're if you're contract. watching something that you that you know the the history behind it, um, and you're like, well, you know, like we were we watched the first four episodes of The Crown, you know, for the final, you know, yeah. the parts. So the first four came out yesterday, and the next four come out December. The final four come out December 14th and you're you're watching these these four episodes and it's all building towards the car crash towards Princess Diana's car crash and oh. you're you're getting sicker and sicker with each episode because you know it's coming you know and it um we you know it we we went through an entire box of Kleenex like, oh I
1: saw you have yeah. the you had the post yeah the clean
0: yeah I it was absolutely brutal and heartbreaking and, you know, and the, um, the last, the fourth episode before the month long break, um, is the, the aftermath, you know, the, the, how the families are dealing with it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, and I read Harry's book, you know, so I knew exactly what was, you know, if they were going to keep it close to the vest, you know, I knew exactly what was how they, the boys were told and what was said and all that. Um, but yeah, it's when you know what to expect, sometimes that's even harder, you know. Right, to, I mean, to, that's a
1: clear, you know what to expect with that.
0: Yeah, so. <laughs> but that's how I feel about like a lot of um, autobiography type, you know, movies, biographical type movies and stories. Yeah. And stuff like that. So yeah, that's one way of of knowing knowing
2: how it's going to end you know what did you think of so what was unexpected from what i've heard because i haven't watched the crown in a couple seasons um Mm -hmm. but i knew what was going to happen with princess diana and i heard that you know after the death in the show she comes back as a ghost appearing to different characters has that happened yet in these episodes okay i was like are they gonna wait till the back half or are they already doing that and and
0: i do think it's more for the viewers to understand the mindset like of charles you know um why his reaction was what it was same with the queen why the queen you know why it took her so long to make a statement you know those those four days when everybody was you know the whole entire country was in mourning and upset and it was becoming chaotic and you know they wanted her to say something and she knew and it was a matter of her coming to grips with um progress being progressive instead of being so steeped in tradition and history that they remain stoic and they just push through and persevere. It was it was a different time, you know, and and she had to modernize to, to you know to stand in front of cameras and you know say nice things about someone that she might not have felt that way about, you know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I you know the 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 weird ghosty things were small. Um, but I think essential, and to say they and they did it with Doty too. Like he, he came back because of his awful relationship with his father, and kind of you know let that let let that old man come to grips with things. But um, yeah, I'm li- really looking forward to the next. The the ending is more I think like William and Kate meet in their courtship, and his relationship with Harry, and and uh, how Camilla gets swatted in and and all that. So it'll feel a little bit more recent
1: yeah how, how how long is that going on like how many seasons or is it a this is long? it
0: this is the final four ever so six seasons of it i'll culminate in these next oh, wow. episodes in december yeah you know the wow. earlier ones were just fantastic there was so much yeah. stuff i think that i didn't know about you know being yeah. an, being an outsider like i didn't yeah, know yeah. about the mine you know in wales that that the, the mine shaft that um exploded or whatever and all the the deaths and all that stuff back then and and you know how how like I first learned about it in the crown but watching we are wrexham they did a whole episode about that because it happened near wrexham really and, yeah and every um you know year or whatever they have this huge thing where they honor all the lives that were lost in that mine disaster and you know what it means to that community and everything and i was just like wow you know, like here's two shows that are so so different, and but and both yeah. the same thing that that happened in history and how it, um, you know how it's handled. Really, yeah. really cool, amazing stuff. But yeah, I think I, I mean, I'm not saying that I I um swear by it, but I I learned a lot from watching The Crown about um <laughs> about the royals and and especially reading Harry's book too uh, about how they handle things. You know how their relationship with the press is a little give and take, which I never knew. Um, you know, just a, a lot of little things. I think that it's helpful for an outsider. You know, like I, I didn't, I didn't live yeah, here. Yeah. My, you know what I mean. So it's it's quite interesting. Whereas I think <laughs> people over here are probably happy that the crown is coming to an end. You think? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think. They well, were. yeah.
2: How do most people feel about the depiction of the monarchy over in the UK? Because I, I had a feeling most people like probably thought they were a little too lenient with how they depicted the royals because most people have been kind of critical of it. Is that what you've noticed? or Yeah,
0: I think people feel like it's a very glossy rendition of what really happens and goes on. You know, like there weren't enough bombshells and i and, but i do think that part of the reason they didn't receive harry's book well was because there were too many you know mm-hmm. so yeah. it's a very delicate balance there you were, know, yeah you have right. your supporters and you have your haters mm-hmm. you know ones that are it's just literally object to having a monarchy and you know in this day and age you know kind of thing and this is bullshit and you know why is our money going you know to to those kinds of things and and i think like little bits of that trickle into the crown but n- not nearly enough and then i think in, in harry's in harry's book because he's so adamantly against you know some of those uh, traditions you know and and is such a champion for change um yeah and that upset people so it's a really delicate balance because i do think it's very down the middle between your supporters and your haters over here and it's you know um a lot a lot of creates a lot of division i think yeah it really does yeah
2: quiet there's so many of our countries are divided like yeah. so we're just
0: gonna say it's divided. a little quieter there's no riots here on the steps <laughs> of buckingham palace or anything but um but yeah it's very um you know uh hush hush you know what i mean like there's there's people are just very different the way they handle their emotions over here it's very like snuffed down unless they're having a couple of beers and a bar. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to put in a pub. You're going to hear some saucy exchanges.
1: Where <laughs> so. they are in general, right? As people, they, they yeah. kind of uh, know yes, express definitely. their emotions. In my so first alive. couple of
0: years here, I was just like, God, it's, everybody is so <laughs> uptight, polite. It's as if uh-huh. they're thinking that they need to be this way because they might run into a royal. You know, I <laughs> don't really understand why they're this like. They just do not have an obnoxious bone in their body. They don't have, um, like emotions that just you know come up to the surface or anything. They're very much, I think, uh, they're they're born and raised, you know, to to keep that snuff down and be polite. You know, I mean, like they literally will bump into a mailbox and then go, oh, sorry. You know, like every sentence starts with sorry, but I'm sorry, but it's just, (laughs) they can't be meek enough. (laughs) Very, very. um, So that
1: is true. Remember in, uh, in Chevy, Chevy Chase, uh, when he was in, um, european vacation when he hit the guy on the bike going around the circle and then every time he kept hitting him with the car and he's like it's okay he's the broken leg yeah. and the broken arm
0: sorry sorry, sorry. <laughs> yeah exactly. sorry it was my
1: fault it was my my fault. favorite
0: thing is when like normally our mail comes through the mail slot right on the front door and sometimes yeah, they have something there that, right what's up
1: that's big there that's what they do normally. oh yeah everybody has
0: a mail slot right but sometimes the the postman will have something that's too big to fit through the slot. So he has to open the doorbell and he rings the doorbell and you open it and he goes, sorry, sorry, here you go. (laughs) He's so so upset that he had to bother you to give you. Your (laughs) package. Cracks me up. Cracks me up. Yeah, it is a very different way of life here. But you know, you just end up falling into it. You know, like when we went to recently, we went to the Palladium to see Don French do uh-huh. her twat. One woman, <laughs> twat I should say. They don't really say twat here. Like with an O, it's with definitely an A. Twat. Um, but anyways, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're when you're they love a cue over here, right? They're very patient about standing in line for anything. They're they're perfect. <laughs> But in the Palladium, there's a guy that stands between the two doors and he shouts when the doors are going to be opening. And if your seats are, you know, over here, stand in this line, if your seats are over and then everybody has to shuffle to get in the right line. And like normally I wouldn't say anything if I (laughs) to somebody or whatever, you know, now I find myself going, oh, sorry. Oh, my God. So sorry. (laughs) sorry. sorry." (laughs) It's not me. (laughs) I don't know. I just fall
1: right into it.
2: So especially
1: being in a new york new yorker kind of i mean yeah weren't in the yeah. brooklyn part of new york which is the worst worst for that stuff you know like not being polite yeah.
0: but <laughs> it's funny because they love that like they love new yorkers and new york accents and really? oh my oh, god they'll tell you the minute you're popular
1: speaking. they are
0: <laughs> yeah it's very it's funny I don't know that they like the attitude but they definitely like the accent <laughs> <laughs> I think they're they would shrink in the presence of you know like <laughs> cringe you know but they love the accent it's just so it's hilarious to me cool. it's so funny yeah you'll be fine <laughs> you'll be fine when you go <laughs> but anyways listen that was such a fantastic wrap-up of yeah. the good stuff you've seen. I can't, uh, honestly, I, I can't wait. I don't, um, over here, there's a festival called Rain Dance. That's really oh. interesting because not only is it films, it's also webby things.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: You know, though, that's always interesting. And then, of course, the, um, BF, the BFI, the British Film Institute does a big mm-hmm. one. And I think Mm -hmm. that's Ben, so I I missed that in a big way. But Mm -hmm. uh, we will all keep an eye out for these ones that you have so highly recommended. Yeah. And um, we will definitely have to have you back uh, soon and discuss news.
1: Yes. Yes. It's so nice to see you. I love your background.
2: Thank you. I know. Yeah, I love seeing my name back there and yours, JD. (laughs) We didn't talk about any queer news because that, you know, that's too depressing a topic to talk about right now. You know, we don't don't need to cover it right now.
0: I like if we make it queer entertainment news.
2: (laughs) Yes, yes.
0: So we'll give you a couple of weeks to gather up all the biggest headlines in entertainment news. And then we'll have
1: queer entertainment news.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Perfect. All right, guys, go enjoy your Saturday. That was too fun
1: right, I'm off to Thank both you. girls. Thank you, like, for
0: doing that.
2: i the reason. Golden Girls.
1: <laughs> yeah,
2: but how have a goat. Thank you, always it's like, never stop chasing your dreams.
1: <laughs> we drank way too much whiskey. To Thank <laughs> oh, See? Hi. See? Hi. See? Hi. See? i tried.